Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes presented by Kroll and Morn. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. And Yuan's gonna kick us off with an ASBCA decision that's of interest to contractors. Thanks, Peter. So the ASBCA recently issued a decision granting a contractor's motion for partial summary judgment and denying the government's claim for unallowable costs to the extent that they were based on missing or unsigned employee time cards. So in doing so, the ASBCA held that the contractor was not required to maintain time card records to support the allowability of labor charges beyond the retention period specified in the contractor's cost plus fixed fee contracts, including applicable time extensions. Now, the contracts at issue incorporated both FAR 52215-2, audits and records, negotiation, and FAR 52216-7, allowable cost and payment, which grant the government the right to examine the contractor's records reflecting all claimed costs and to reduce payments for the amounts that are unallowable. Now, following the contractor's delayed submission of two final indirect cost rate proposals, DCAA didn't begin auditing the proposals until eight months after the contractual obligation to maintain records had expired. The DCAA then questioned the contractor's labor costs, for which there were no time card support, even though the contractor was able to demonstrate that it paid its employees. Now, the government's claim and the contractor's appeal followed. The ASBCA held that the contractor was not obligated to keep time card records beyond the farm mandated retention periods that were set forth in the contracts. So the government couldn't disallow the costs on the basis that the time cards were unavailable. And in so holding, the ASBCA rejected the government's argument that applying the FAR criteria was unfair, noting that the records retention period is a product of government regulations and part of a FAR clause incorporated by the contracting officer. The ASBCA also denied the portion of the government's claim that relied on unsigned time cards, noting that the FARS documentation requirements don't require signed time cards in order to support cost allowability. So a really helpful decision for contractors to be aware of. And Peter, back to you. Great. Thanks so much, Yuan. Uh, Next up is an OIG report. In late September, DOD OIG released a report detailing the results of its audit of whether DOD contracting officials awarded cost reimbursement contracts in accordance with applicable regulations and guidance. DOD OIG concluded that many military service COs did not consistently comply with cost reimbursement contract requirements and potentially increased contracting risks when awarding such contracts without proper approvals, justifications, transition strategies, resources, and or adequate accounting systems. DOD OIG examined a sample of 83 cost reimbursement contracts valued at about $27 billion and found that contracting officials consistently complied with cost reimbursement contract requirements when awarding only 38 of those 83 contracts. DOD OIG makes 13 different recommendations in the report, including that the Principal Director of Defense Pricing and Contracting clarify whether any exemptions exist regarding the applicability of current regulations for contracting officials to document in the contract file approval for the use of cost reimbursement contracts and transition strategies to include possibility for cost reimbursement contracts to transition 
to firm fixed price contracts. Another recommendation was to issue further guidance to emphasize the importance of coordination between contracting officials and ensuring that adequate government resources are available to award and manage cost reimbursement contracts before award. Now back to you on. Thanks, Peter. On September 30th, President Biden signed the Small Business Innovation Research and Small Business Technology Transfer Extension Act of 2022, which reauthorizes SIBR, STGR, and six pilot programs for three years until September 30th of 2025. Now, the act includes new diligence and reporting requirements, award restrictions, and clawback provisions related to national security risks, particularly regarding firms with ties to China. Russia, North Korea, and Iran, and increase minimum performance standards for multiple SIBR and SDGR award winners. Now, the passage and signing of the act averted a potential lapse of these programs, which were set to expire the day of the reauthorization. Now, a few notable provisions. Sections four and five of the act require the head of each participating federal agency by June 27, 2023, to implement a diligence program that assesses security risks presented by small business concerns that are seeking any phase of SIBR or STTR awards unless the agency already has such a due diligence program in place. Now, specifically, the Act calls on agencies to scrutinize small businesses' cybersecurity practices, patents, employees, and foreign ties and obligations, and also requires awardees to report any material misstatement that the federal agency determines poses a risk to national security, as well as any change in ownership, change to entity structure, or any other substantial change in circumstances of that small business concern that the federal agency determines poses a risk to national security. Section 8 of the Act imposes increased minimum performance standards for experienced firms, effective April 1st, 2023, and this provision restricts SIPR contractors that are failing to meet certain performance standards, which limits their ability to continue racking up additional SIPR awards and funding. And finally, Section 9 of the Act requires awarding agencies to implement a multi-level review and approval process for solicitation topics to essentially ensure adequate competition and ensure that no private individual or entity is shaping the requirements for eligibility for the solicitation topic after selection of the solicitation topic. Peter, back to you. Great. Last quick update relates to the contractor uh, COVID vaccine mandate. Uh, there was further guidance yesterday that was released by OMB and direction to contracting officers that pending any type of further guidance that contracting officers should not attempt to enforce those obligations, nor should contracting officers attempt to include that clause into contracts. So obviously we're going to continue watching both the regulatory side and the, the legal litigation side, um, but uh, important development for contractors, for sure. With that, we will close out. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thanks for joining. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast. podcast.